Welcome to episode four of Building Builders, a podcast made for contractors. In today's episode, we talked about common challenges contractors face, what it's like to grow a business, and the impact of marketing on a company. Your host, Kevin Forrestal, discussed this topic with guests Luke Agabratton and Luke Payne of the Dirtbags podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, uh, Luke and Luke, it's uh, awesome uh, to be here with you guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, I have been really excited to, uh, you know, get on this call here today. Um, yeah, I would love to, uh, you know, maybe just start with, uh, you know, hearing a little bit about your your backgrounds. I know you got uh, pretty uh, impressive marketing and construction backgrounds. Maybe I'll just hand it over to you to introduce yourselves. Take it away, Luke. Kevin, thanks a million for having us on the show. Uh, Luke and I have been stoked to jump on here, I believe. Um, I mean, this is within the top 10 of just episodes and podcasts we've wanted to be on. So thank you for having us. And also shout out to producer Luke. We had a group of three Lukes right before this call. And (laughs) I mean, that just doesn't happen. So um, yeah, thank you for having us on. My name is Luke Egebrotten. I own Phaser Marketing and I'm also a co-host of the Dirt Bags podcast. Um, Born and raised in Northern Minnesota. That's how Luke and I know each other. We, We actually went to the same high school. Um, my expertise is on the digital marketing side for excavation companies. So we only work with excavation contractors, um, in North America and we just get to handle the nerdy stuff. So Mr. Uh, Mr. Payne and I have been working together since, uh, he started black iron dirt, um, back in 2018 and, uh, it's been great ever since. So Luke, I'm going to toss it over to you and we can maybe hit on the dirt bags a little bit. Awesome, Luke. Thank you. Um, Kevin, Luke, thank you guys for having us on here. Um, as Luke said, we're, we're actually both from the same hometown. We went to high school together. We actually kind of grew up together. Um, I'm, I live in Fargo, North Dakota, up here kind of towards the great north. I own Black Iron Dirt and then a company called Western Excavation. And then the Dirt Bags with my fellow colleague with Luke here. Um, our expertise kind of in the field, our, our Black Iron side is going to be more of a residential Uh, excavation contractor and then our western side has developed into more of you know the heavy civil industrial commercial type excavation so that's kind of the two different realms we're in and i mean learning both sides so it's 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 a lot of fun awesome guys yeah uh great compliments and uh yeah um um, really, uh, really cool. You guys have got together here. I'd love to hear more about, uh, dirt bags. Um, like how, how did this, you know, get going and what, what are you guys doing? I think Luke, I'll, I'll start here. I think Luke and I, we kind of saw a need in the industry for help, help in kind of a different way, help on the education side and then help on, you know, people getting to do work with good people, you know, not so much the contractor side, but more so on, you know, the, the business side, what your business needs to succeed, what your business needs to help you succeed. So that's where the dirt bags kind of came about to where Luke and I had some pretty good connections and we were kind of already doing this anyway. So we wisened up and we're like, Hey, we might as well try to make a business out of this. Our first stop of the business was obviously the podcast. The podcast was, kind of our our first stop to make sure or to try to get exposure to all of these different companies. And then from there, it's it's just really kind of exploded. Luke, I think we're almost to 10,000 downloads on there right now. And our our business behind it has really started to, you know, grow the way we wanted it to. So, 
Yeah, I think originally, you know, the idea was, okay, let's provide resources to the industry. Like we, we noticed that many companies out there were just kind of guessing or like searching on Google for a good insurance person or a good tax person in construction, or even like how to finance equipment, like where to do that, where um, in the industry, you know, people trust each other and they trust their fellow business owners around the country. And so Luke and I just wanted to connect those dots. But like he said, you know, this is a business. Uh, We didn't want to just banter and like cuss on the podcast and just do it for fun. Like we wanted to set this up to make money so that we can double down and just keep providing value to the industry. So it's interesting because um, we call it like an organized laid back podcast because it's laid back where you you have your glass of whiskey, you can let her fly, you can say whatever you want, but it's organized in a way where our producer, Brandon, he cuts up the content, he makes it presentable. And Luke and I love to dive into specific topics to really give value to the contractors. And so, yeah, like Luke mentioned, I mean, it's it's really blown up. Uh, We launched our first episode with Aaron Witt back in February and it's November right now and we're just about to cross that 10,000 downloads mark. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's popping off. Wow. That's so cool guys. Yeah. I, I, I forgot to bring the, the whiskey. Um, we should have had whiskey here today. It's 12, 16 here. It's, I'm, I can run up and grab some. I'm, I'm all in. Hey, you, you're on East coast time. I'm in, I'm in Arizona, so it's still morning, but Hey, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. Uh, so you guys were talking about, you know, one of the reasons you got this uh, together is to help contractors out. You know, they need some help with different things. And what are some of those things? Uh, are you seeing any trends? Uh, you know, we just had, uh, for example, uh, uh, Zade on here from Flexbase and we were talking about, uh, you know, cash flow. We know that can be a challenge. So what, what are you guys seeing? Um, where, where do people need the most help? Yeah, I can jump in on there. Um, so it's funny because I did see episode three was cash flow and it ties in perfectly with what we're seeing. And one of the biggest things, it's not that it's the biggest need, but it's the thing that most people don't talk about. And it is money. Mm-hmm. It's financing. Mm-hmm. It's cash flow. It's these these topics where it's like, okay, if you give kind of an umbrella overview, like that's great, but let's dive deeper into the numbers. Like, how can I afford something? How do I go about doing this in my business? So Luke and I actually started... Um, Dirtbags University, which in a, in a nutshell, it's a live webinar once a month where we are discussing these topics as like a mastermind group. Um, and we're essentially what we're doing, we charge for it. And so if you want to show up, people will show up and it's just a solid group of contractors all across the, the country and even up in Canada. And we hit these topics. So our next one on November 23rd, cash flowing construction. I mean, that is one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now. So we're going to address it. But uh, Luke, any other topics that we've seen um, come up in after these podcasts? I feel like, so kind of back to your or your question, Kevin, to where what are some of the things that people are needing? Um, Luke and I are trying to take away the the gray areas and a lot of things. They're try- We're trying to help limit mistakes people make to where they can be more successful. Like based on the dirt bags business, we're trying to make a book of business for us to refer out to people, for people to use, to make their jobs easier. Whether it's 
I know we've got financing companies, we've got, you know, insurance companies, we've got, you know, this, this whole book of business to where if people are like, I don't know who to use, here's the person I'm using, it's just not getting it done for me. We want them to come to us and say, who do you guys use? Who do you guys trust? And then Luke and I kind of through a process, we get to decide if, you know, if the business that we're referring to is worth the referral, right? So that's kind of the first stop. But that's been, I feel like that's been really big to where it's a convenience thing. You know, everybody loves convenience and Luke and I are trying to kind of dial in how we can help other people and then also help the businesses too that we're referring by, you know, getting more business. I feel like that's kind of a topic too that's really kind of sparked between, you know, these companies that we've talked to is they don't know how to get in front of people right now. There's, there's, it's kind of an unorthodox way and Obviously, this new generation coming in, they do things a lot differently than what they did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So that's where Luke and I are trying to kind of bridge that gap and just make it easier for, you know, honestly, both sides. Uh, so can you clarify when you say they, they have trouble getting in front of people? Like, are, are you thinking like uh, like vendors, like, you know, when you're like banks and insurance companies and yeah. that type of thing? Yeah, I, it's it's kind of, it honestly boils down to like a people thing right now. You know, a, a, everybody is missing people in their industry, whether it's, you know, on the insurance team, they're missing sales team members for their insurance providing. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll take that as an example. So what Luke and I want to do, we want to act as a referral side to help grow their sales, but also, you know, help the contractors get paired with a really good company. So we're, we're right. kind of playing middleman, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've seen it to where, and it was said the other, the other day, Luke, when we hopped on that call is the, this one company, they're like, we just, we just don't have the outreach that we thought we would with some of these people, we don't really know how to connect with them. Um, and kind of the dirt bags, the, our model, I'll call it is when somebody is talking about you, it's a lot more credible than when you're talking about you. So we want to be those people that are talking about these companies, these contractors, wherever to where it's not them talking about them. And they, you know, they, they are more credible when somebody else is complimenting them or talking about them. So that's what, that's kind of what Luke and I have seen. If that makes sense, it, I can elaborate more too, but. Oh, it makes a ton of sense. Um, if, uh, if you guys are ever looking for uh, somebody that can speak about uh, uh, financing, you know, owning, uh, leasing, um, renting equipment, uh, I've owned hundreds of pieces of equipment and I've got a whole lot of, uh, you know, thoughts about it and would love to share with others and yeah. try and get them over some of those speed bumps in the future. We'll have to get um, you on the, we'll have to get you on the university. Cause I know that's, yeah. how, that's something I bet a lot of people would love to get on with. So. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I'd like to dive a little deeper into uh, the cash flow uh, one that you're mentioning Luke, that, that it's a, a challenge. Um, when when you guys are talking about cash flowing businesses, uh, do many people bring up the um, you know collecting on AR uh, as a, you know one of those challenges? You know, to trying to just get your customers to pay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. I was going to uh, say a hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the biggest things that I hear right away is, oh, well, I'm you know I'm ninety days late on this, or this person's ninety days late to pay, or this person's forty five days late to pay, whatever it is. Um, that sucks because that will kill a business, right? Any money, I mean, you are basically you're, you're financing that project for somebody, and if they don't pay you, 
you know, obviously that'll kill them. What we do, we always take 50% right up front before we're even on the project. Obviously commercial is a little bit different, but at least that'll cover most of our expenses to where if they don't pay us, then we should be okay. Um, obviously we're not making 50% margins. That would be nice, but um, at least it helps offset a little bit. Um, I think another issue too is some, I shouldn't say some, but there's contractors out there that don't know their numbers. I feel like getting to know your numbers a little bit better will help kind of ease those cash flow problems, right? It comes down to affordability. Okay, they have all this overhead. How do they afford this overhead? What is the true cost of this overhead? And then that'll boil down into their bidding, right? So yep. I think that needs to be, I think that needs to be approved, improved on industry-wide. And then in essence, that should help the cash flow. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> so definitely understand that part. I I think that there's something out there that uh, you know, and in my earlier days, I was feeling this is uh, <clears throat> collecting on that last, you know, ten percent is uh, you know super difficult, and it might be you know last ten percent, might be last twenty five, depending on you set up your contracts, and that was something that I was learning and never really perfected by the end, but. You know, I think there's something there about, um, you know, just the cost of money. And it just gets me totally steamed up when, you know, people commit to, you know, building something and then don't pay or extend it for a number of months. Right. I mean, if you're, uh, say the cost of borrowing money right now on a line of credit is 8%, right. And the customer owes you a hundred thousand dollars that, there's your and and you're only making ten percent on the job. There's only they, they hold out a few months. Nope. The the interest just took away you know all of your profit, right? The, right. There goes eight thousand dollars. So um, yeah, I feel like there's something that this uh, there, there's got to be something out there. Maybe you you guys are the guys, but to, you know to kind of train and help the the contractors and um, you know figure out a way to to win and almost sort of expect this, uh, this challenge and, you know, figure out how to collect that money. Cause it's just not fair the way, uh, you know, a lot of this works right now. Yeah. And Kevin, that's, that's always the goal with what Luke and I are doing is Luke and I don't have all the answers and we totally know that, but what we do have is a platform where we can bring on the experts that are smarter than us and can educate the people that are listening. And so what we've realized is we already have the people that are listening, interested, engaged, and want to grow their business. And now we just like pair them up with the right professionals that can help. So when we do these university um, educational sessions, Luke and I are the hosts. We typically have three guest speakers to hammer on that topic, uh, but in a free flowing conversation. So that's just another way too. like, we can just help connect the industry instead of pretending like we know everything. Kevin, if I can, going back to kind of what you said about collecting on your money. Um, one thing that my partner Cole and I on the Western side are trying to do is I think people need to understand that whenever you go into business with somebody, there should be a contract, right? Contract should be expected. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that, especially in the residential side. Commercial side, obviously you have to do a contract. But with that contract, there's negotiating terms. What we're trying to do is get retainers. I hate retainers. Don't don't hold my money from me, right? So in all of our contracts, we try to negotiate no retainage. Once we are done, we are done. If there's callbacks, yes, let us know. You know, obviously we don't want to present a project that isn't good. And I and I get there's 
there's different, you know, there's different aspects of that and there's different opinions on that. But from what we've seen, we haven't seen a whole lot of pushback on that yet. There was one contractor that was like, nope, absolutely not. And right there, we probably should have seen some red flags as to they're not willing to work with us. Um, so I think people got to I think people got to understand that they have some negotiation to do, too. Right. It's not just, hey, you were awarded the project sign here and off to work you go. No, read through the contract, send it to an attorney and say, you know, highlight the things that you don't like, highlight the things that do not protect me and then negotiate on those. And by doing that, that could probably help improve some of the cash flow, too. I know we've got a project that, you know, we won't get done until spring and they've got, you know, 30 grand and just retainage there. And we won't see that until that project is done. Okay. Well, yep. No problem. We'll just finance that civil for you. No, we don't want to do that. That was the one where we should have tried to negotiate that, but we didn't, you know? So I feel like maybe that could be a start as well. I think you're really hidden on something there. I think that, uh, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, part of it is just communication. Mm-hmm. Like you're right about the contract, but it, part of it is the communication about the contract and yep. the negotiation. You know, I, I think if you, uh, if, if you have the tough conversation up front with your customer, uh, and talk about like in these, you know, scenarios, this is what happens. Yep. Uh, you know, and what our expectations are and what your expectations are, lay all of that out on the table. You know exactly what you're walking into when, uh, things shut down in the, in the winter. You're not sure. wondering where the 30, thousand dollars is right correct yeah most people are good people and like you said if you have those good if you have those hard conversations up front set your expectations it should probably go a lot easier than when people just assume yeah yeah no that's interesting um just in a a shifting gears here a little bit um from all the you know the people that you're you're out there talking to and working with these days um is there like a, a particular mindset is there like a you know could could you sort of uh qualitatively say hey this is like this is going to be a really successful contractor they've they've got you know the right mindset they're uh you know and then sort of fill in the blanks after that is there you can usually tell like one as soon as you get the contract if you read through the contract you know the contract should protect both sides right if it's a if it's a gc there should be protection on both sides of the contract that's always like a step one if i if i just see a coverage of you know here's going to protect me here's going to protect me 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 not you then i know okay you know this we might have to have some conversations about this um you know when you usually first hop on a call you can usually tell it kind of comes down to personalities. You got to read the personalities and then also their expectations, how they kind of treat the conversation and then kind of so on. So there's, there's definitely ways to where you can get in front of some of that. It's just, it kind of boils down to psychology too. You got to know a little psychology. So what's the the personality uh, that you see out there? That's like the kind of the successful personality, uh, uh, you know, the contractors that are making it through the, the university and heading out. I, I feel like the people that are open to open to comments and then open to learning are the ones that you want to work with. If the ones that are like, nah, I, you know, I already know everything. I, you know, I don't need any of this. Those are the ones that are kind of like, okay, sure. You might know a lot. No, you know, not trying to discredit you on anything, but you can always learn more. So if people are open to learning and they're open to different ideas and different ways of thinking, those are usually people that you'd probably want to do work with, in my opinion. 
Yeah. And uh, Kevin, I can take a stab at this as well because I see a different side of it because we, we vet, you know, we bring on contractors as clients. And so we vet our clients pretty heavily before we start working with them. And so the personalities I look for is growth minded is probably the best one. It's like, we're not about to retire in three years or four years. We want to like take this opportunity and take this advantage. Like if there's a recession coming up, great. My competition's going to be taking their foot off the gas. We want to hit it hard. And somebody, an owner that's willing to delegate, um, we're, we're careful about working with owners that do everything themselves. And we come in, we're their digital marketing department. So that's one piece that they have to give away and have full trust in our team. So an owner that's willing to delegate, uh, that's huge because also with growth, you just can't sustain it if you're doing everything. Um, and then, yeah, an owner, the personality we look for is, you know, somebody that wants to build a legacy and not just taking in money each month and spending money each month. It's like, okay, instead of thinking for the next three to six months and like a quick cash grab, how can we build something sustainable, build an engine for the next five, 10, 20 years, even longer that you can pass down for generations. Like that's what we look for. And that's what really helps them stand out to me as a personality trait. And to be honest, that most of the people that show up to these Dirtbags University or who are listening to the podcast, they've got a pen, paper ready to go. They're taking notes. They're asking questions. We're walking through scenarios with them. Those are the kind of people that I see are going to be successful. And, you know, there's ups and downs in the economy. There's ups and downs in business, but they're just going to keep growing and they're going to keep figuring it out because they're also surrounding themselves with the right people. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, love those answers, by the way, it sounds like, uh, you know, people that, uh, um, are coachable growth mindset. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's definitely, <laughs> that's something that I have. I <laughs> really, really value, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, people that are coachable growth mindset and, uh, yeah, so, uh, so many others there, but, uh, I couldn't agree more. It actually, um, we do a lot with, uh, we work with investors a lot here at Dozer as we're, we're building the company and, and kind of, uh, need to hear you say that because the first thing that popped to my mind is you're going to have insight into, you know, some of the best contractors, um, you know, the, the, the up and coming contractors, some of the best contractors, uh, uh, in America, uh, you know, so it could be a group people that people would like to invest in and, um, and, and, you know, from a, a customer perspective, uh, you know, those who have been through this are, are probably uh, going to be some pretty strong contractors that customers would like to hire. Uh, definitely very cool. Um, Luke, I was wondering, um, you know, maybe like if there's a tip behind this, but you know, you've got these two companies and, uh, two excavating companies on, you know, uh, the East and West coast. Is there, is there a reason there? Is there a, a learning, uh, that, you know, the audience should hear about on, on why, uh, dividing them and, you know, scaling and, uh, underneath two different companies, uh, instead of one. Um, well, the, the reason why they're different right off the bat is I, there's a partner on the Western excavation side, right? So, um, he was the one that actually kind of approached me originally and was like, Hey man, there's a lot of opportunity here. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what the people are saying. I think we can capitalize on it. So he was kind of the, he was, he was the one that had the idea originally. I didn't really have any intentions of, you know, building another one at that point, but he, he was the one that came with all the ideas. And then honestly, um, once we set it up, we had, a, we had a contractor was like, Hey, we need 
uh, a bit on this. Can you get us a bit? Yep, no problem. Um, I think Cole actually knew the guy, so we bid on it. We 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 won it, and then I, I think the projects just went very well. Um, what we had is my the black iron guys. We supplemented kind of all the equipment, you know, the the material, all of the manpower. Um, so starting off, I've, a lot of people don't have that. So we're very fortunate to have that. And I think that's kind of what accelerated the growth. I think people saw, hey, this young company is producing this kind of result. These are the, you know, these are the people that we want to work for. So honestly, I, I don't want to say I cheated because we didn't, but it was, it was, it was something that we already do. So it was really easy to where, Cole is from the area to where Western is established. So he has a lot of relationships, right? We, the black iron side is already established to where we're able to kind of, you know, forefront those items out to him, forefront the uh, equipment out to him to where in today's age, that's not a thing, right? When you rent equipment, you're paying three times the value of what a monthly payment was, would be. If you want to even buy, you got to wait 10, 12 months. So it was, I think it was a timing thing. I don't think there's any, anything that I could tell somebody to do that would ensure success on that end. I think it just really boils down to timing and then boils down to your, to your relationships with people. Cool. So a little bit of right place, right, right time. hundred percent. You know, yeah, seizing 100%. on opportunities. Yep. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. And there, there definitely was an opportunity out there and I don't think we saw it until we really got into it. Um, but then once, once you do one thing, you know, word kind of just starts to travel, travel, and that's when we really kind of picked up steam and then that's how it really kind of took off. So it, if I have any advice, if you're, if you're new and you're taking on projects, do them the best you can, you know, try to try to showcase them the best you can get in front of people with, you know, anybody in the industry on what you can do and just kind of go from there. You know, it's easier said than done, but it's, it's worked for us, I guess. So. Love it. Is there a day that uh, those two companies are going to compete against each other? No, I think meet in the middle and uh, compete for the same project. uh, I don't think so. Cause I, ideally what, you know, kind of our long-term vision is we want this Western excavation company to kind of encompass, you know, everything that Cole and I does. So they'll buy out black iron, black iron coal owns a big lawn care, landscaping, irrigation company. You know, they might be different divisions of them, but we just, people, honestly, it's our logo. People love, the logo and the name. So that's where we're kind of like, okay, maybe we can roll with this. So long-term goal, we'd like to kind of condense into one to where there is no competition between the two. So. This podcast is sponsored by Dozer, an online marketplace for heavy equipment rentals across North America. Partnering with thousands of rental houses, Dozer provides contractors with access to local suppliers, transparent pricing, mobile ordering, and an industry-leading payment option of 0% interest for 60 days. Go to dozer.com to find your next heavy equipment rental. That's dozer.com. You know, you've got those two companies. Um, you know, uh, Luke, you've got uh, the uh, the marketing company, and then you guys have got this uh, Dirt Bags podcast. Um, you're busy. Um, any uh, time management, uh, um, you know, uh, advice here? Um, how, how are you able to pull this off? Yeah, I can, uh, I can start there. I mean, what I learned is that figure out what I'm really good at and what I love to do and just 
delegate out the rest. And so that's what I'm doing. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I get to travel a lot and do uh, and speak to contractors, speak to colleges, different things like that. So really focusing on that. But we also need to have systems in place for our team so that if I bring on a client, like it's just clockwork. Like we know exactly what to do for every single client. What's really, really helped me um, be able to do, to do things like this and manage my time is niching down so specific that um, we're, we only work with excavation companies and we also like know exactly what we're going to do based on their revenue and their free cash flow. Uh, so we kind of tell them what program we're putting putting them in and then go on from there. So that has really helped me kind of step away from the internal stuff and manage my time a lot better. And so, um, and yeah, I guess really just doing the things that I love to do. Like I, I just don't really have an off switch, but it's also things that I'm doing every day, like talking to people. I mean, shaking hands, going out to coffee, going out to dinner, going on site some places. So it's just, it's things I really enjoy doing, but also like having that family balance as well. And like, um, spending time with my wife and doing things like that is really important. I don't think I, I don't think I have an off switch either, Luke. I think I, what, what I always try to do is when I, whenever I wake up, we meet at the shop, you know, we get our, we get our schedules and we just go, but then my day turns into, I try to do the most important things first or the things I don't want to do first. Cause then I can get those out of the way. You know, in my eyes, most important is going to be making sure all of our bills are paid. Um, and then invoicing, right? Making sure we have money in the bank, making sure everyone's taken care of, our subs have been paid, any invoices caught up. Um, after that, I'll start looking into scheduling to, okay, how, what do we have coming up this week? Is there any weather that's gonna intervene with anything? How can we reroute to make it the most effective for our schedule and then also the most profitable? After that, it's, you know, just kind of day-to-day task. You get pulled a million different places and, you know, there are times where you have to pick and choose things over others. Um, and then that, you know, there, there's not a, there's not a priority list. I just think it's whatever is most convenient and whatever is, you know, going to help you the most is kind of how I track that. But then I've also got a really good team of guys to where I'm not in the field every day. You know, I, I help them out the best I can, but then they're, you know, they're the faces, they're the ones heading up all the work outside They're They're getting the day-to-day stuff done, which allows me to stay back end you know, like Luke said, I can go to, I can go to lunches with future, you know, contractors. I can, I can meet new people. I can meet new subcontractors that work under us, things like that. So, and Luke, I'll jump in here. Like it also helps you keep your head above water too. So you can see the big picture. You can see the strategy. You can see where are we going as a company where if you're just like in the trenches every single day, it's tough to do that. It's tough to see how things are going. What should we be doing? Where should we be pivoting? So um, I, that's another, I guess, piece of advice is like, sometimes you have to force yourself out and maybe it starts at one day a week, um, having that CEO day where you work on your business and you force yourself, you force your team to go out, handle things, make decisions, like give them a little bit of ownership. But um, I think that's a huge help in long-term growth is like being able to somehow remove yourself from the day-to-day internal operations. hundred percent. I think that's a lot easier said than done too, in yep. a way, because there's a lot of companies that, you know, they are two to three man guys and, you know, everybody's in the trenches, everybody's doing stuff to where, and as an owner, you have to recognize that to say, okay, where am I going to be most efficient for my guys? You know, but as soon as an owner takes himself out of the field, you know, all of your guys have to be on the same page as this is a good thing. 
right? To where some of them would say, well, we're the ones in the trenches getting dirty and you're just sitting at home, you know, doing nothing. So there, again, Kevin, there has to be really good communication. And then just, you know, you have to set a standard for your guys and you have to let them know, this is what I do. You know, I have to do this in order to ensure that we are successful. So again, everybody's got to be on the same page and, and that is a struggle. I know I, there's still days that I know some people are like, well, Luke just, you know, Luke just goes home. Luke just does this. And there's a lot more than that. So I, I, I always love to dive into, you know, the process with them and kind of show them, here's what I do. Here's what I need to do in order to be successful. Here's what I need to do in order to, you know, in order to make sure that you and I still have jobs. And I think once they're kind of taken back and shown that process, then they understand a little bit more. But again, it, that is that is hard to establish that. Yeah, it's not, not like you're taking off the uh, the afternoon two three times a week, right? It's uh, it might be a Saturday morning. I mean, uh, I, I'm the same as you guys. You know, talking about like an an off switch is like difficult. Right? I mean, like frankly, if uh, this sounds like absolute torture to me, I don't know about you guys, but if, has anyone ever said like, wouldn't it be nice to sit on the beach and read a book? I mean, like. I don't think I've ever said like, that. I, I, yeah, I, no, I'm not a reader, but I've heard like family members say that. Like, so it sounds terrible. And if I was to do it, I would totally figure out how to start another business or, yeah. you know, build on the business that I'm at. Um, you, you can't turn it off. But one thing that I could say is, you know, just in uh, agreeing with you guys is, um, you know, a, a two hour bike ride on a Saturday morning is so like, mind clearing you know the first half hour you're just kind of like grueling and you know thinking about the ride the last hour and a half is like it it totally flips over you you, you spend like 10 minutes thinking about like nothing and then all of a sudden you're like okay my mind is completely clear and i'm going to solve a whole lot of problems and i've got another hour and a half until i get home um but uh yeah that's that's the way i do it but uh love it um yeah tell me about goals do you guys uh um, are you, are you big goal setters? Um, do you, you talk about that with, uh, you know, your, your contractors? I, oh yeah, we, I've got my personal goals. We've got company goals. I make sure that, you know, all of my guys tell me their goals. Cause then we try to figure out, you know, through the company, how we can achieve those for them, how we can achieve my goals, how the company can achieve their goals. Um, I think you have to write them down. Otherwise you forget them. Um, I think they got to be present, whether you look at them two days a week, one day a week, five days a week. I think you've got to recognize them and just keep kind of a mentality of this is what I want to do. Here's what I got to do to achieve it. So, yeah, I think goals is probably one of the most important things as far as, you know, more of a backside to your business to help kind of keep that motivation. How about uh, how about marketing? What uh like many contractors get into it because they're really, really great at a trade. Um, you know, super, super skilled. Uh, how, what do you see about marketing? Where do they need help there? Yeah. So I, I guess on the goals side of things, I want to touch on that. So I, uh, you know, started the business and marketing's amazing. Love it, all that. But really my bigger passion is like being able to give and realizing that I don't need to be able to write a big check right away to give. So that's always been a big piece of our identity. Um, we do scholarships. We have our phaser fundraiser every year, different things like that. But uh, one of my biggest goals that I have written down um, in five years, uh, I want to be able to write a hundred thousand dollar check to an organization just as a donation, because 
instead of focusing on like, oh, I want to be at 6 million in revenue. If I focus on, I, I need to have 100K to be able to give. So we'll be at that four or 5 million mark anyway. Uh, so I want to focus more on that. And that gets me going more than anything. So I'm like, I just want to double down on that feeling of like, I love what happens when I give or when I bring people together to give. And uh, so yeah, year five, $100,000. And I, I want to, I want people to hold me to it because, you know, we need to make it happen. I love that. Awesome goal. And, really uh, goal. You know, frankly, uh, <laughs> you know, moving over to the marketing, that's, that's, that's a little bit of marketing there right there too. Right. Yeah, I and mean, you're 100%. people are bought into the vision, right? Um, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what, what do you guys see as, uh, um, sort of contractors ability to market, where could they use help? Um, you know, how does, uh, how does digital marketing step in, uh, for, uh, contractors? Yeah. Uh, what we've seen is that, uh, so we, we've now created these three programs and we call it phase one, phase two, and phase three, you know, to our name phaser and phase one is essentially, you know, a digital marketing program tailored for six figure excavation contractors. And what we did before, and this is up until, you know, even a few weeks ago, we would only work with the seven figure contractors. And what I was seeing is that there's this big drop off of, okay, it would take them a while to get to that 1 million mark. And then once they did, it was like a flood of all this stuff. And so what I wanted to do is have this, you know, most six figure companies wanted a website. They wanted a clean place where people could go but also like be growing at the same time. So what we did is we created this program where it's like, okay, we'll build your site and we'll have like our light basic SEO package. So essentially you're still growing, you're still ranking for these keywords online until you hit that seven figure mark. Then we upgrade you to phase two, which is more of that grow your brand. We add um, more facets of our SEO program. We also add the paid ads. And then we kind of hit that omnipresence marketing of, okay, now we're not just talking about the website. We're talking about like hitting people from all angles, showing, showcasing your brand. And then that phase three is when you hit um, uh, eight figures or higher. And, you know, essentially we just want to really dominate the market. And then we add even more of our services and services in for that. So, and then, we do have a phase four, which is a hundred million, but then we just kind of send them to build with or some other trusted partners because we know where we fit best. And it's like, okay, we kind of want to stay in our lane in a sense and make sure that we can give as much value as possible, which yeah, we we've seen it too, where when we take over that technical side of things and we just let them do what they do, they love it too, because you know, we're just, we're their partner for the long haul. Like we don't have to worry about these short campaigns or just jumping around agencies. Like we'll figure it out with them for the long haul. So that's where we've seen the digital marketing have a big impact is a lot of these newer growth minded entrepreneurs. Um, they're, they're wanting to invest in their company and they're wanting to build something special over the next five, 10, 20 years. I love the, uh, um, the entry level it, it reminds me uh of uh you know coming from the landscaping background i my first recommendation to everyone is plant trees right they, they take the longest to grow but they're going to be the most impactful so get them in the ground now yeah. um you know you're talking about a light seo package that's uh that's so smart i mean it takes time to grow um you're going to nurture it you're going to you know it's much like a tree um it makes a ton of sense to get started on that um yeah great and advice 
and we we just we haven't even announced it yet actually so we just i just formulated the whole program and we we have a few contractors on it now and we're testing it out but it's it's been a world of difference because they're like they've been wanting to get into this world of like taking care of their business online but you know they might be doing 600k a year where our normal feed is just too much for them so I'm really excited because it also helps take care of their business when they may not even fully realize that. But when they do hit that seven figures, they'll already have a full foundation to build off of. Yeah, very true. A um, little bit different note here. Uh, Con Expo. You guys were recently uh, chatting about Con Expo. Tell us, uh, tell us your thoughts, you know, the importance of being there, you know, what you get out of heading down to Con Expo. I think the importance of being at Con Expo is staying, staying with the times, is staying present within the market. So what Con Expo really does well is brings all of these people together to where you know you can have so many different conversations in one place, and I think that in itself just brings tremendous value. But then also, you know how you can maybe stay ahead of your competition as well. You know, your competition might be there, but everyone has different needs. And I feel like at Con Expo, there's so many different suppliers that can fit everyone's specific needs. So I think it's, I think it's very important to go just to, you know, again, stay with the times and then, yeah, just honestly stay with the times. I'm trying to think of a better word, but it's just, you know, staying prevalent, staying, staying on top of your game, staying, staying ahead of people basically so yeah i think the great thing about con expo too is that it's once every three years so if you just want to like oh i'll just we'll skip it this year it's like dude you're gonna miss out on so much and you know because you're not gonna be able to go until 2026 and yeah so luke and i've been doing a lot with con expo and aem and they've just been amazing to us like we we just launched a podcast on the dirt bags with the VP of AEM, John Summers, and he was just electric and then uh, flipped it over. And they had us on the Con Expo podcast with Taylor White. And that was just a blast as well. So I think, you know, we're, we're trying to do our best to like work together to really, you know, bring everyone together. And, and it's been fun getting to collaborate and work with them on that. But um, I'll also be speaking on Wednesday of the show. And so it'll be fun to like see everyone in person and, uh, so that's on Wednesday, the 15th, and that's 2.30 to 3.15. So I can post, I can send you guys the link as well. But, uh, and Mr. Payne will also likely be on a, a panel as well. So we'll get these speaking opportunities to get to talk to other contractors and really just, um, you know, hone in on a certain topic that we're talking about. And then obviously get to meet him after, go for dinner and drinks and uh, just have a good time. Hopefully play some blackjack. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I can't wait for Con Expo. Uh, you know, maybe we can meet up with you guys and uh, have a whiskey in person. Let's do it. Yeah. We'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a uh, couple more questions here, guys. Wanted to ask you about uh, social media uh, and what role does social media play in, uh, you know, uh, building a, a strong construction company. Social media is a new form. Well, it's not, I mean, it, it is new. It's ever changing, right? But I feel like there's different there's different sides to the different platforms. Okay, obviously, your LinkedIn is going to be your professional side. That is where you are going to try to represent yourself in the most professional way you can. That's where you're going to get in front of eyes that'll hopefully attract 
to where, you know, maybe they want to work with you or they know somebody that work with you or they can they can help you in some way. Facebook. Facebook is great. It's kind of a mix between, you know, fun and hard work. In my opinion, Luke, you'll probably have different different thoughts on it as well. Um, we don't do a whole lot on Facebook. We obviously do to stay prevalent kind of within our area to let people know what we're doing. We don't do a whole lot on there. Um, and then Instagram, Instagram is, is kind of more for fun, right? It's to show people what you have, what you're capable of doing. Um, you know, could it attract some business? Absolutely. You know, but it's more for the following base. I feel like on those, um, so it, it depends on what realm of social media you're talking. And I can probably let Luke take it away since he's the expert here. No. Yeah. Luke, I think you hit the nail on the head. There is each platform has a different, um, you know, audience you're speaking to. So you need to understand that. Like if you're an excavation contractor and you're only on Instagram, don't expect to get like phone calls of people needing work in your hometown from Instagram. I mean that Instagram, you can reach contractors from across the world really quickly. And like, that's where you, um, network with each other. That's where you get ideas. That's where you see what attachments people are using. LinkedIn, I know Luke and I are huge advocates for LinkedIn. That is the best. Like if, if anything, just cross post your stuff from Instagram to LinkedIn, just post the same stuff until you kind of figure out what really works, but represent yourself on there. That is your resume, your portfolio. Um, it is amazing how many presidents, owners, founders are on LinkedIn. That's where they go for fun. Uh, they don't sit on Facebook usually. And I guess that kind of brings me to Facebook. It's like <laughs> cross posts on Facebook, you know, build up your page. But um, Facebook, we just use for ads. Typically, um, that's where you can get in front of you can target and get in front of people's eyes. But um, it's not the greatest, I would say, for certain things. And then the fourth one that we didn't touch on is your Google business profile. That's essentially Google's social media. Um, always post on that. And just like I said, just cross post the same post to Google. Um, they will pick up those keywords though, and it'll help tie into your website. So if you're talking about um, site clearing or excavation or grading, it picks that up and can kind of help relate for anyone searching for that in your area, then tie it to your website. So um, those are kind of the big four, but yeah, if anything, um, get on LinkedIn and your Google business profile. I'd say those are the two biggest ones. Great advice. Um, so glad you brought up the uh, the Google business profile as well. I feel like that's one that often gets overlooked. Uh, yeah. But yeah, really good tip there. I definitely um, overlooked it, Luke. So thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, uh, last question here, guys, uh, being a, uh, uh, you know, construction company ourselves and, uh, uh, in a way, and, you know, speaking to everyone from construction, we always like to ask, uh, do you guys have a, a favorite piece of equipment? Oh yeah. Mm, I don't think I have a favorite piece. I think I have favorite pieces, you know, skid steer is probably my least favorite. I love our excavators and I love our dozers. So those are probably my favorite. Excavators and dozers. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go the opposite of Luke. I'm going to say skid steer. I just feel like it's the most versatile piece of equipment. Everyone's got one. You can jump in, you can basically do anything with it. And then just seeing the different attachments uh, that go with it, it just feels like the most customizable, customizable piece of uh, piece of machinery. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. You can turn them in at any, anything. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. 
guys this has been so awesome thanks uh thanks for joining me here today uh, really great getting to know you and learn some more i'm looking forward to connecting in uh in vegas uh, con expo hopefully um where where can our our, uh, our followers uh find out more about you we're on all the platforms as for the excavation companies it's black iron dirt on instagram western excavation on instagram black iron dirt on tiktok Luke Payne on Instagram, Luke Payne on Facebook, and then Luke Payne on LinkedIn, and then not best but not, yeah, yeah, best but not last, whatever. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm tired this morning. We were plowing snow last night. Uh, Dirtbags Media Group on Instagram. That is probably our storefront, and then all of our socials for podcasting, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, all the goods. Yeah. And for us, uh, we keep it super simple. You know, we're on all social media platforms, but if you go to our phaser marketing, uh, Instagram page at phaser marketing, you can see our link tree, click on that. You'll see all the links to my personal LinkedIn, um, the Dirtbags podcast, uh, anything that we do, we update in that link. So, um, shoot me a message anytime too. And I know Luke's the same way. Like we respond right away. Uh, we want to hear what you're going through, different ideas you have. So, uh, we're very open and honest on social media. So let her fly and, uh, you know, shoot us a message if you ever have any questions. Thanks so much guys. That's, uh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be chatting soon. Thanks so much for having us on. Appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks guys. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with the Dirtbags podcast about growing your business and the impact of marketing. If you'd like more content, you can follow us on social media or watch all of our episodes on YouTube. You can also leave a review on Apple podcasts. We have links to all platforms in the description. Thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to having you back for our next episode.